Welcome to Teacher's Ed Podcast. I'm your host, Edward DeShazer. Teacher's Ed Podcast is brought to you by Be Well Teacher Box, a gift box to help teachers focus on their self-care. If you have not, please like, subscribe, and leave us a review. This helps us get in front of more teachers just like you. On this episode of Teacher's Ed Podcast, we'll be discussing the educational crisis that is going on in Milwaukee, Wisconsin with my guest, Melissa Ray, who is a principal at Greater Holy Temple Christian Academy. Welcome back to Teacher's Ed. Uh, Today's episode, we are going to talk about the educational crisis that is in Milwaukee. And today's guest is Melissa Ray. She is the principal at Greater Holy Temple Christian Academy, another teammate of mine. So I'm happy to have her here. Melissa has been teaching for 10 years, nine nine years. So I gave her a year and she (laughs) was also the winner of, can you explain the award that you won? It was called the Herb Cole Educational Foundation Award. It was for um, teachers, and basically, I think about 80 teachers are selected a year to win the award. You have to have um, a few people that one person recommends you, and then you have to have um, people who will kind of write on your behalf. Um, So I won that in 2021. Nice. And uh, so Melissa has been teaching in, in Milwaukee and throughout Milwaukee, and this is her first year. Um, as a principal, so I'm excited to have you here. Um, and as someone that has been involved in Milwaukee, um, and I don't know if many listeners really understand what's going on in Milwaukee, but there is a huge educational gap um, in Milwaukee. So today we are going to discuss that. And one of the, the stats that stands out to me more than any is that one out of every five students in the city of Milwaukee is at grade level. So if you think there are, you know, I don't know how many students, but let's just say there's 50,000 kids, only 10,000 of those kids. I don't know if that's the number or not, but only 10,000 kids are actually reading at grade level. So uh, I guess the first question I have really is, you know, as someone that's taught in Milwaukee and really been as only you've only taught in Milwaukee, correct? Correct. Um, You know, when you hear that number, what are some of the first things that come to mind for you? Um. First thing that comes to mind is just the amount of kids that move schools um, during the school year and from one year to the next. There is we have a pretty high population of students and families that kind of move around during the year. And so you may not have 10 of your kids that you started the year with at the end of the year, and they might be at a different school. They might be at two other schools in that same time period. And so it's kind of hard to educate those kids when they're not in your in your class the entire year and so um that's one thing that I found the biggest struggle was another struggle is just our kids are coming in so low they come in at least well not all of them but a lot of them come in two years behind sometimes more than that and so if you're an early childhood teacher you have learned how to teach reading But if you teach the older grades, you were never taught how to teach reading. And so realistically, if you have not learned to read by the end of second grade, you most likely won't. There's not enough time during the day and the teachers in the older grades 
they're not certified to teach it. Yeah. I mean, and it's, you know, it's hard as uh, I taught seventh grade myself. And when you have kids that are, you know, you have, you're, you're in the class teaching seventh grade, but then you have kids that are at lower grade levels. It's very hard to teach 20 different, you know, 20 kids when you have a chunk of them at or close to grade level. And then some that are much lower. Cause again, it's like, I wasn't taught phonics the way a second, third grade teacher was. So it's, something that's very alarming. And even when you look at the report card scores, I mean, they've created the report card as a way to, you know, level the playing field, I would say, of like how you rank a school. Um, but even the schools that exceed expectation, which is four stars, which our school is a four-star school, one out of every four kids cannot read because the emphasis for those schools is less on the achievement and more on the improvement. So, you know, we have a student that comes in and they're in fifth grade and they're reading at a second grade level, we get more points if we can get that kid at a fourth grade level. So I think it's the standardized, I mean, we can go into a whole different episode about standardized tests and how, you know, those aren't built for every kid. There's teachers that can't do testing. So doing, you know, judging kids by that is is absurd in itself. Um, but we get credit for improvement more than we do for achievement versus a school that's you know, a, a different school with, you know, in the more sub suburban area where they are more, they are uh, ranked more about their achievement versus the improvement. So I think that's important for the people listening to know is that, you know, you see schools and you see their one star, two star, three star, four star, five star, but the majority of the schools in Milwaukee that are four star and up, they still only average one out of every four kids um, being at grade level. And, you know, Melissa talked about you know, you talk about people, students being mobile. And I think it's important for people that don't work in Milwaukee or don't work in uh, an urban setting to understand why a lot of our kids are so mobile, you know, whether it's housing struggles, whether it's job, the biggest problem right now in Milwaukee schools is transportation. I mean, our school got rid of transportation because it wasn't reliable, because there's a bus driver shortage, because it's just difficult for these companies to keep people staffed. And then you have all these buses and all these kids that need buses. So you end up having kids that go from one school to another, to another, to another. And those tend to be the kids that need the most help when they're in school. So it's like the kids that need it the most are the ones that go to another school. And then you're starting all over building relationships with those students. Um, what are some of, you know, the solutions when you think of, you know, how do we, you know, we have a problem right now. How do we solve the problem? And I know, I mean, it's a long answer, but what are some of the things as educators? There's a million things. We could talk about the funding. Mm -hmm. That's a whole other conversation. You know, the, the funding is has issues. We have a $1 billion surplus in Wisconsin, but it's hard to get money to schools. The alternative answer from legislature is we're already giving a lot of schools a lot of money and they're not using it correctly. It's like giving a broke person a million dollars are going to be broke anyways as soon as they blow your money. So what are some of the solutions that you think schools, you know, funding is one thing. What are some solutions that you think schools, administrators, principals, teachers can do to help solve the problems that we have without the funding? Because the funding is going to be the funding. We can't control that. So I'm more looking for solutions that we can control as school leaders? I think the first thing that we really need to do is we need to try and involve families. Um, and I know that's that can be a struggle, especially post-COVID, with all the viruses and not always wanting, you know, 
outside people to come into the building. But I think that's really the first thing we need to do. We need to teach um, families how to help their kids. A lot of parents don't know what to do. They might have books at home for their child, but if their child's reading, they might not know the questions to ask them when they are reading. Um, just like the simple comprehension questions. That's the main thing that kids struggle with in regards to reading. Um, and just, just allowing parents to come into the school and creating those relationships and those partnerships. I think a lot of the times teachers focus just on the student relationship and um, we will do a lot more if we have a relationship with the family as well. Um, and even the siblings, we can create a partnership with that and we can all be working towards, towards a goal. And so we really, I think the biggest thing is we need to focus on the communication, teaching families what to do at home, how to practice math, how to how how to ask questions during um, their child reading? I think that's the that's the biggest thing that Milwaukee is lacking. And I think just you know I look at um, my son and when he was early, and I think it's important for parents to know. And this is not even just a Milwaukee thing. I think it's a just a parenting thing in general that when kids are two and three and four, like those are the foundational years of a child. You know, what you put on, listen, I know you don't want to watch Peppa Pig all day, <laughs> but like even when your kid is two years old, they are absorbing everything that you are putting on the TV, the music that you're playing, you know, so it's very important that we are surrounding ourselves with surrounding our students and our children with things that are going to help them be successful when they get to school. Because I notice a lot of students come to school at four, at four years old and some don't know letters. And you have the ones that come in and they know all the letters, they know all the sounds. And it's like if you have to spend those early years uh, really, really getting kids involved. And, you know, my solution to the problem, I think we focus so much on the K to 12, where I think Wisconsin and Milwaukee and just schools in general and communities in general need to focus on the preschool aspects. You know, whether it's making K3 mandatory, you know, right now K4 is not mandatory and it's the most, in my opinion, it's one of the most important grades. Exactly. Why isn't K3 mandatory? You know, I think we need to look at stuff like that because then when you start catching these things early, like you said, it's a lot easier to solve these problems at three, four, five, and six years old than when a kid gets a seventh grade and it's like now you have a seventh grade that's reading at a first grade level. Like it's very hard. It'd be like putting a Spanish book in front of my son who's 11 and putting it in front of me. He is going to naturally pick up on it better because he is his brain is still going through uh, the, the growth process where I'm where I'm gonna be. Like, yes, I can learn it, but it's much easier for kids. So I think if, if Milwaukee and our government would put more focus on early learning, and I don't know if, if K3 is required in any state, it should be, um, because our kids are falling behind. You know, when you look at the entire world, I mean, United States is like 40th ranked in the world, you know, but we're supposed to be this powerhouse country. But, you know, our, our kids aren't as intelligent as the other as other areas. So I think that is where I would really push the focus to be is the early learning aspects. Because I just think we're missing the mark on kids coming into school that are already behind the curve. And then you're asking teachers to play catch up. You know, you have K-5 teachers that are teaching kids at 10 different levels. And it's like, that is why teachers are 
it's not the only reason why, but it's a lot more difficult to be an effective teacher when you have kids at a million different grade right. levels. And we're already short staffed. You know, every school is you we could all use more staff members, but now we're spreading people more thin because even with COVID, you have, you know, you have first graders who missed two years of school, maybe sat at home, maybe went to school, maybe didn't. Maybe they opened their computer up for an hour and maybe it was closed all day. Maybe they didn't even have Wi-Fi at home. So right. I think really highlighting, you know, the academic concerns, but also just the socioeconomical struggles that parents have and students have and families have. Cause I learned over COVID that, you know, Wi-Fi is it's not, it's a luxury. Mm-hmm. You know, we had kids and uh thanks to Richie, when we when COVID hit, I was on his podcast. Um, and for those that don't know, Richie is where studio that, that we're in right now, but I was a guest on Richie's podcast during COVID. This was right when COVID hit. And one of the conversations that Richie brought up was, you know, what can I donate to the school? And I, I honestly had not thought about that, but because of that conversation, we ended up raising about $15,000. We bought all of our kids tablets. They were able to come and pick them up, but it was like, that was great. But then the next conversation from our parents was we don't have Wi-Fi at home. And it's like in my head, I'm like, Wi-Fi is just you have it at home, but it's not. I, you know, I've talked to people that school leaders that are out in, you know, very rural areas. There's no Wi-Fi out there like we have here. So I think it's just knowing all of the the circumstances that are working against our kids, um, but then really finding ways to execute. Because if we at the rate we're going, a city like Milwaukee is only going to fall further and further behind. And then what happens when you have a, a poor education system in a major city is then you don't get new businesses that want to come. Because why would I want to bring my business to Milwaukee when I can't put my kid in a school that's in Milwaukee? Mm-hmm. And I think those are tough conversations that, that um, you know, our government leaders need to have that no one wants to have because it, it's, it's eye-opening. Yes, we're a four-star school. But when you look at our academic scores, they're not where they need to be. Even getting to five star, you look at schools in Milwaukee that are five star and hats off to them. They're doing an incredible job. And a lot of times they're doing more with less. You know, you look at suburban schools and their funding is higher. You know, you look at schools like ours and our funding is half of what the same public schools up the street are getting getting for kids. Yet we are doing four stars. But are your academics reaching the levels where Three out of four kids are at grade level. Four out of, like anything less than every kid being at grade level, in my opinion, is is not, it's not going to work. And I think that's where we have to get as an as a state where we don't just clap and cheer when people are at four and five stars. It's like that looks great on paper, but the reality of it is that there's a crisis in education in Milwaukee that nobody really wants to talk about because talking about it means that we have to address it. And I think people are scared to address it. That's my TED talk for the day. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have, uh, I mean, do you have any other closing thoughts as we get ready to wrap up? I'll edit that part out. Um, but do you have any other closing thoughts on, as someone who's, you know, now in a leadership, you know, you've been a teacher, now you're in leadership. You know, what are some of the things that you can do as someone that's a decision maker now. You know, when you're a teacher, it's very easy to say, well, I don't make the policies. I don't make the rules. You know, now you have an opportunity to actually be a part of the change. You know, what are some of the things as we get ready to wrap up that you would like to see or that you are able to do that can help close the the achievement gap that we have in the 
city of Milwaukee? I think just being there, supporting our teachers that are um, working with our K-4 kids, K-5, first, second, third, all of the younger grades and making sure that those teachers have what they need so that they can provide for their students. Um, at our, the, our school that we're at, we have two teachers in a classroom, and so that kind of provides some additional support for our students, but not all schools have that, especially in Milwaukee. Um, and so just making sure that we have the curriculum, the resources that our kids need, that our staff needs in order to teach it, um, and then also just, just trying to get kids to school every day. We, we have we have a attendance issue in Milwaukee, and a lot of it has to do with transportation. Our school just moved, and so we're not in the same neighborhood that we were in before. Um, and so we have a lot of kids that don't come every day. And just getting them into the building, that's the first thing we need to do. Yeah, I mean, that's if, listen, a kid can't learn if a kid's not in the building. Exactly. <laughs> you know, there's, there's not a lot going on outside the building, so it's like, how do we get our kids here every day? And then when they're there, how do we get them engaged? And that was the last episode where we talked about, you know, relationships and making learning fun. And I think that is one of the biggest things that if we start focusing on making kids want to be to school, they'll find ways to get there, hopefully. You know, so I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you being a guest and I appreciate all the work. You know, you've jumped right into the school. You know, it's your first year in leadership. Also the first year at a new school, which is not an easy task for anyone to do. Um, so I definitely appreciate you, you know, jumping right in, especially into a new move. I mean, it's just been chaotic from day one, uh, but you're you're there, you're still there, um, and and you show up every day, and you you know you are someone that has no problem getting in and getting dirty. And I think a lot more administrators need to be that way because it's very easy. You, you can't lead a school from an office, and I'm you know, and a lot of leaders try to lead a school from the office, and you wonder why it doesn't work. So I thank you for all your work and as they would say, like your boots on the ground. Um, and I appreciate you being a guest on today's episode. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you.